WBSM. This is not Tim Weisberg with Matt Costa sitting in. Instead, this is good old me. Um, you're you're stuck with me for the time being. So I'm hoping that everyone is enjoying <laughs> a night off of having to wait for the uh, the Red Sox to finish their game before we can go on and do what we do uh, best. I hope that everyone can actually hear me out there. It's kind of been. Um, yeah, a strange kind of setup. Uh, as most of you guys know, if you're faithful listeners, we have uh, Tim Weisberg and Matt Moniz are hanging out at Lizzie Bourne tonight. So they asked me to, even though I am on the verge of a hurricane, they've asked me to kind of come on and take over tonight. So I'm hoping that everything is good. If uh, anyone who wants to shout out in the chat room so they can tell me that they can actually hear me, that would be amazing. Because um, like I said, we got really uh, interesting setup going on here, so I'm hoping that worked out. Before we even start anything, um, we have to notice that we are without one of our faithful followers tonight. Um, Dave Francis um, is not in the room tonight, and if he is, I'm going to kill him if I see him in here because he uh, just had the birth of uh, his child. So it's a long time waiting. We've been hearing a lot of... Uh, a lot of um, things on Facebook and in this chat room, but now the baby is officially here. Um, so, you know, I'm just saying, my daughter was born, I went on Spooky South Coast like the next night. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure Dave will pop in here at some point, but let's try to uh, forgive him if he's not a major contributor. And so, um, you know, when I do these shows and I'm doing them by myself and I'm doing it here, I think of like, okay, well, who do I want? Who is the guest that I would want to listen, I want to talk to? And it, and it's usually someone that is uh, part of the Spooky family or someone that I've worked with before and someone who I've always wanted the opportunity to ask them certain questions. Um, so I thought, because um, it's something I've always been fascinated with. It's something we touched upon on some of the earlier shows with the, uh, the now infamous Balzano Curse. And I want to thank the people who are responding to me about that. But it's, it's, I've always been kind of interested in not only... Um, the the religion and the lifestyle of uh, of, of the witch, um, but also in their perceived uh, place in this world, the place in our society and kind of a bigger society. And so I wanted to bring in the best witch. Oh, I almost slipped there. Uh, the, be- <laughs> the best witch that I know. It and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read off off her of her bio a little bit. But you know, those of you guys who have listened, actually, this is almost an anniversary show for her because she was on. Uh, I believe it was last year or the year before, uh, right leading into Labor Day, uh, to promote one of her books uh, that had to do directly with the workplace, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But um, uh, Marla was born and raised in Hollywood, California, uh, and she still is in Los Angeles, or the Los Angeles area. She's an author, tarot reader, and the host of her own show, Stirring the Cauldron, on the Parax Network. Um, it's a great show. I've actually listened to that and been on it. It's one of those rare shows that I, I listen to and <laughs> uh, out there in the paranormal world just because she's so amazing. Um, and before coming out of the broom closet, she worked as an entertainment writer for several national publications, mainly doing celebrity interviews. 
In that vein, she wrote a celebrity cookbook, Eat Like the Stars, and a reference book called The American Family on Television. Her first paranormal book, Ghosts of Hollywood, the show still goes on, was published in 2008, and Ghosts of Hollywood 2, Talking to the Spirits, and Ghosts of Hollywood 3 were quick to follow. Uh, when she was offered the opportunity to write a book about workplace spells, everyday magic on the job, she readily accepted and then was able to do a book that, that close to her heart, Animal Spells and Magic. Then, feeling the need to step out of her writing comfort zone with nonfiction, she decided to attempt a fantasy fiction book, which resulted in her latest endeavor, the ebook called A Bad Case of the Collie Wobbles. See, I didn't even blink trying to pronounce that, so she's, you're going to have to congratulate me on that, Marley, even if I pronounce it wrong. Uh, <laughs> um, and what I want to talk about later is the actual um, another project that you're working on. I'm not sure how old this bio is, but I know that you're working on a set of tarot cards that I want to um, get into a little bit later as well. So let's bring her on. You've already heard her voice. Let's get her thoughts. <laughs> this is Marla Brooks. If I had applause, we'd be playing it right now, but I don't. So welcome. <laughs> I, you know, it's. Uh, I admire the technology and the the, uh, the the way that the show goes off without a hitch most nights uh, on Spooky South Coast, although it's been wacky lately since they actually brought good technology in. But um, you and I will fight through that because we are warriors. So, <laughs> so Marla, you are a witch. <laughs> All right, well, why don't we start with um, maybe a definition, um, because I think that there are many people who uh, use interchangeably the word uh, witch and Wiccan, um, and, you know, th is there a difference between the two, and kind of where do you fall with that? Okay. I'm gonna, they're saying I'm not getting any audio from you. <laughs> so what I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna call you uh, back in one moment, one quick second, um, and, I'm, and I'm going to uh, bring you in with video chat, so maybe we can solve both of those things in one, in one fail swoop. Okay. So. Okay. Oh, there I go. I've got you now. <laughs> you can. Okay. Now try. Okay. Um, anybody in the chat room, if you can hear me, wave. Okay. Yeah, we'll see that, right? Oh, keep going, because I think I got you now, so. Yeah? Yes, I did. Hey, hey, that's a good thing if you do. All right, beautiful. All right, so. Oh, yay. <laughs> so, all right, so, hey, you know, they uh, can't make an omelet without, uh, without cracking a few eggs. So, all right, so I, I had asked you a question. Uh, and as a math teacher, I was totally – I'm a math teacher now, Marla. I, I was totally <laughs> no, enjoying – math. Okay, sorry. <laughs> oh, so did I, so did I. Um, Wait for I, I am waiting now for you to once again give that amazing Venn diagram uh, of the source of all uh, witchcraft, Wicca, and paganism. Uh, so explain to us again what the difference is between um, a witch, a pagan, um, a neo-pagan, because I've heard that term kind of banned well, yeah. a bit about as well, and, and what you do. Where do you fall? Right into the witch category. Um, as I was saying... Pagan is an umbrella term, and it's a good term. It's it's all the people that don't follow organized religions. Some pagans are witches, some aren't. Um, and you were talking about Wicca. Well, that falls under that term as well. 
but I just like to be called a witch. Um, labels are kind of tough to live up to, and we're all human. So if I was going to say, yeah, I'm Wicca, I'm a perfectly good witch, um, you know, there are times and, and situations where I might not be that great. But I don't, you know, I believe in the law of three. I believe in karma. So I'm not going to go out and do anything that's going to really damage anybody in particular. Um, but, you know, uh, do I have the halo? Yeah, but it falls off every so often. Too. Right. I, I remember uh, maybe about 15 years ago uh, reading Drawing Down the Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed, which I'm assuming you've read only because it seems like it seems to be a uh, you know, one of the classics. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> um, and I remember the one of the first thing I was, things I was struck by is, uh, and here I am bringing you on to represent any kind of specific group. And it seemed like the very first thing it said was anyone who attempts to represent anything um, in this is is you know, going to fall short because the very definition <laughs> of a neo-pagan or a pagan is someone who is not wanting to be grouped and not wanting to be part of, of, of a bigger, of a bigger plan. The and- reason I mentioned labels, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can't, everybody's different. I mean, there's many different types of witches as there are, you know, spells and that that's indefinite. I mean, Right. Um, it's just one of those things that we are what we are, and um, nobody is an expert. You're, we're all experts for ourselves, but not about anybody else. I practice differently than probably everybody else. We all have the same basic structure, but it is a little bit different for everybody. And do you practice by yourself? <clears throat> yeah, I'm a solitary. Okay. Um, covens, it's, I, I guess I just don't have much of a group mentality. Yeah, and every time you get into a group, you know, there's little backbiting and infighting, and this one doesn't like that. And, you know, I, I maybe it's because I was an only child. Um, <laughs> I just kind of prefer to hang with myself because then I know if I do something wrong, I can yell at myself. Right, right. And, yeah. and so, was this a a decision for you? Were you born into into a lifestyle, or kind of what was your your spiritual journey that it took you on? Um, I, I, I guess I'm saying I was born into it because rumor has it that my great granny was a witch and, you know, it kind of falls down from generation to generation sometimes. And I was brought up in a home that was very, um, metaphysically friendly for lack of a better word. Um, we believed in the afterlife. We believed in ghosts. We believed in all kinds of stuff. So it was just... One of those things that, um, you know, I was born into it, and even if you are, you don't have to embrace it, but I did, you know, from a very early age. So, it's just, that's me. And, and what does practice mean for you? How do you practice um, your religion, and is there a difference between kind of living um, every day, being a witch, and actually practicing? You know, I, they they say, for example, you know, like, there's a difference between being a Christian and living a Christian lifestyle. And, and you know, if you, if you take that to Catholicism or, or organized religions that rely on a lot of ceremony, you know, there's the ceremony part, but then there is the way that you're supposed to act in life, um, which yeah. are so, sometimes dramatically different. What, what is that like for you? It is different. I mean, to me, practicing is actually doing the craft. Um, living a witch lifestyle, a pagan lifestyle is different, but they, they do intermingle, they mesh. Um, it's not like I sit around a cauldron all day cackling and doing spells, but I believe kind of the tenets of, 
of what we're told, you know, about living living in light and love. I'm not real crazy about that catchphrase, but that's kind of what it is, you know. Basically, it's and you do no harm. Live your life the way you want. You know, respect nature. It's a very nature-based religion. So respect the nature and all the living things around you, and and that's kind of the basic lifestyle. And then, you know, every so often you got to sit down and cast some spells. <laughs> oh, we're we're going to get to the casting the spell part because uh, – <laughs> Because Reverend Tim is is, uh, is is begging me practically to to ask you about that, so I'm going to ask you about that. But like, what what is a a day in the life of which Marla like? Like, you know, I mean, because it's one of those things where if I were to say that I was a Catholic, um, no one would say to me, you know, well, how are you a Catholic every day? But as soon as you are a witch, it becomes kind of like the defining thing about you from the outside, um, and people who know you kind of want to go, oh, well, what's a witch perspective on that? Or, okay, well, what did you do witchy today? Um, and it isn't, you know, is it part of something where you feel like, you've, you know, a casting a spell a day keeps the doctor away? Or is it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's necessary. Uh, <laughs> no, I, and most people don't, I mean, I bet everybody knows that's witch and just doesn't know it because we don't walk around advertising it. And our lifestyle isn't any different than anybody else's. You know, I make the bed, I do the laundry, I clean, I, you know, all that stuff. So it's not anything that would be noticeable. I don't have the pointy hat on all the time. Um, right. Very rarely, actually. So, <laughs> Wait, do, do you actually have a pointy hat that you wear? I have a pointy hat. Do I wear it? No. Okay. But it, it's, well, I've worn it on Halloween, just, you know, right. for the wearing it, but... Um, you know, do I have robes? No, I should, but, you know, for ceremonies, but I'm kind of a lazy witch and I kind of like the easy way. So I don't always go into the big ceremonial stuff. Um, but, but there, there is no difference. There isn't. I mean, it, it's the way, you know, we live our lives is the way everybody else lives their lives. And you're not looking at other people to see who they are. I mean, if somebody walks up to me and sees that I'm wearing a pentagram or a Solomon seal, they might kind of question that, right. but from, you know, looking at me straight up. No, I don't think anybody would know, except for the telltale cackle every <laughs> I mean, do you mind talking about it to people who are are outside of uh, no. outside of your, your normal, you know? <laughs> are you uncomfortable right now? Have I made you start to sweat? I mean, we do have a camera, but it's kind of dark in there, so I don't know if you're sweating. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, in fact, to talk about it because there's so many misconceptions out there um, that if we don't talk about it, people misjudge, misunderstand. Um, you know, and I'm not I'm not being mean about this. I'm not trying to you know raise any dander anywhere. But you know, the Christians did a really good job of painting us as really bad people because look how many hundreds and thousands of years it's lasted. Right. Uh, and people still go with that, you know, witches are devil spawn, witches consort with the devil, we're evil creatures, we, you know, curse people and cast spells. And I'm not going to lie, there are people that do that. But there's good and bad in every bunch. And so um, if we're not out there talking about it, if people don't ask questions, then the the myths are going to perpetuate and they're going to grow. And that's what I'm trying to avoid and that's why I've got my show and to show the upside so people will understand that it may not be what you've read about or heard or, you know, been preached to. And I'm not organized religion. I'm saying that right now. 
I'm just not crazy about the way they depict us. And and do you actively uh, argue against that? I mean, do you do you, and are there organizations that do that? Are there organizations who kind of like their sole um, purpose is to kind of get out there and spread the word of truth? You know, not good witch versus bad witch, but the fact that you know, hey, listen, you know, we don't believe most of us don't believe in Satan. So we're not Satanists. And kind of ideas like that or? Well, my my show, and I'm sure there are groups out there that are a little bit more vocal. You know, I'm not going to jump up and down and and cause a scene because that's going to make me look like an evil witch. (laughs) Right. Somebody comes up to me with an honest question or listens to my show or something or or like we're doing here. That's there, you know, and and that means they want to know. That means they're not so cynical that... They're not going to listen to anything. They don't have the blinders on. And that's what—that's the only thing I ask, that people just keep an open mind and try to learn if they're interested at all. And do you think that that's a, uh, an idea that a lot of people um, who are pagans have? Or do you think that, that more people are, are anti? Because it, it seems, once again, perception, we're talking myths here, um, it seems that a lot of people are... Um, under the understanding that, well, any person who's a witch is just going through a phase. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the, and even if not, it's the religion of people who are turning against, you know, relig- of real religions or organized religions. In your interactions, how much have you found that to be true for a lot of people or for, you know, very few or, you know, just the young ones or? I think there's a fear of the unknown. And I think. Yeah. The older ones, which were brought up in a different time when even ghost hunting was like taboo and, you know, all ghost hunters and people that psychics and stuff were crazy. Um, It's a little harder for them. I mean, the younger ones are learning, and this is where the term neo-pagan comes in, because neo-pagans are new, you know, neo. Um, And so they're a little bit more open-minded, and a lot of people are, are willing to listen. A lot of people are interested in trying it out, and the thing about... Um, Wicca or paganism in general, but in in the way I'm doing it, um, you can be Christian and be a witch. You can be Jewish and be a witch. You can be Buddhist and be a witch. We don't have dogma. We don't keep people out. We don't say this is the right way and the only way. You can have your beliefs, but you can also share ours. And I think that itself is a good thing. You know, it's just not, you know, it's not like one-sided. And now let's talk about those spells. <laughs> um, yeah. Where did you get your training? Uh, what's a typical spell? And then I guess kind of uh, take it one step further. What's an atypical spell? Um, what's, what's a Marla original? And, and anyone who hasn't uh, read Everyday Magic, um, that's what it's called. Worked every day. I'm getting the title wrong here. Ugh, I'm so unprofessional. Um, Workplace magic. Workplace magic. Um, which <laughs> Workplace spells, everyday magic on the job. Do you know how many times I've missaid the name of my, my latest book? I totally <laughs> can't remember the title of it because it's not what I wanted. So every time I say it, I'm like, haunted items? And Tim's going to go, dude, it's haunted objects. So I, I sorry about that. I can't even get my own right. So <laughs> when you're on my show. Yeah, that's the way it happens. But, um, you know, there is no typical or atypical spell. It's Spells are done because of need. Um, and so, you know, they're very simple, basic spells like candles, 
spells. And then there are ritual spells where you open the circle and call in the elements and call down the goddess and all that. Um, it's, it's all who you are. It's all the way you, you handle things. But, um, you know, some people, and there are curses. I mean, you know, there will be people that will curse others and, and stuff or, I mean, there are just so many different types of spells. There's protective spells. Like if, if I thought, not that he would ever do this, but if I thought Reverend Tim was going to send a curse my way, I could deflect it. You know, that's a, a spell in itself is deflecting it. Um, but it, it's, it's just, it's something. And, and, you know, you don't need a lot of tools. You don't need a lot of equipment. I basically a lot of times mostly do candle spells because they're easier and they're just just as effective, and um, but people go to great lengths. I mean, I've got a wand, I've got a crystal ball, I've got a cauldron, I've got all of that stuff, and a lot of people do use those and think they're necessary. I don't I, personally. I think a wand isn't necessary to do any kind of spell work because it, it's more like beginners will use a wand to kind of focus energy and stuff and once you get the hang of that you don't really need that but it, it's fun to have it you know um right. thing to have around in case you want to poke somebody's eye or whatever <laughs> um, but you know you can you can do a, a spell just by thinking it you well, know I was, I was gonna ask it, you is there a, is there a science to this or is it um, intention, so it's more kind of falls along the metaphysical, or is it? I mean, for example, you said um, burn candles. You know, other other people have said, you know, burn different kinds of, of of herbs, things like that, or even mix them and then drink it. Is that is that a science to it, or do you think it's all the science of the mind? Well, I think it's basically a science of the mind. It's intention because what I say to really simplify things is a spell is nothing more than a prayer. And when you pray for something, you pray hard for it. You have intention when you pray. Same thing with a spell. The The success of a spell depends on your intention. Right. And if you're really serious about it. Because, it, you know, you can poof a spell really badly by just saying, well, okay, I think I'm going to do this. And then, you know, it's not going to work. So it is in the mind. But, you know, props help. I mean, I burn the incense with the candles or I anoint the candles with oils. Uh, I have certain crystals with me. They all help make it a little bit stronger. But if I, you know, if I'm somewhere and I've got nothing and I see something and I need to do something or I feel like, you know, something's up, um, your mind is your biggest tool. So, you know, do you have to know the person or be in contact with the person? I mean, like right now, could you put a spell on Obama? Um, could, in other words, you know, is there is there stuff that's going on by either groups of people who are kind of getting together and they're influencing people who have no idea that it's going on? You know, do you have to be in contact with that person or have some kind of connection to them to to kind of have that kind of influence over them? Are you trying to say, do I need to get their fingernails or a lot of? <laughs> Well, that would be the first cool part, you know. Like, do you? Yeah, but we. I mean, and we've talked about, uh, you know, voodoo and other uh, other aspects of of things that call for that. Do you need fingernails? I guess would be the first part, and then the second part would be like, you know, or, you know, can you can you if you've never even met somebody, just like watching on TV, you know, is there is there a spell that you could do? Could you send one right now to 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 Obama or Mitt Romney or or someone? 
Or the idiot that hacked my Facebook twice last Or the hit idiot that hacked I think that we can all get together to try to get that person. I'm, we're assuming male, but, you know, can you, can you do that? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Well, can, you, help, can you send a good one to me that I kind of need all the help I can get here? I can do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does it, does it change the impact of it if the person um, no. doesn't know? Again, we're going back to intent. Right. You know, that's what it's all about. And so, no, it's, it's not going to impact anything, but it couldn't hurt, you know, in some, some ways. All right. Well, and, you know, I've got you here. I've got you prisoner. I've got you on camera so I can gauge your reaction, things like that. Um, so don't turn away. Now, <laughs> we talked about a few weeks ago the Balzano curse. Yeah. Um, and that was the other kind of like, ah, oh, and Marla's coming on so I can ask her about this. <laughs> All right. So crazy ex-girlfriend. Uh-huh. College. Um, not necessarily the most stable of young ladies. Didn't really do anything horrible for me, you know, my side, except for the fact that I fell out of love with her. And she supposedly cast a spell on me. And, of course, this is almost 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, is there – could there possibly still be – if she's not even actively thinking about it, A, can she put that kind of spell on me? And B, do you think that – that that even after 20 years that it can like self-perpetuate or that she's still holding a grudge because you know i've been told by several different people who have kind of read my aura the same way uh that this thing might still kind of be active on me well it can be but one of the reasons you're thinking about it and you're um allowing it or the possibility you may not be allowing the spell but you're allowing the possibility um, a lot of people, and this may be a trade secret to some, will threaten somebody with a spell, and then it'll turn into a self self prophecy because they'll say, "Oh my God, I've got a curse! I've got a spell on me," and they will make it happen. And and the person that warned about it doesn't have to do anything at all. So I mean, you know, is if she if this is a real spell to her? See, I'm completely fascinated by this. So I've got to you know every I've got to. Ask a thousand questions, which is why you're here to answer them. So you must answer all thousand. So 999 left. Um, okay. So let's say hypothetically, and I'm using I'm using this relationship as as an example of something, you know. And and I don't want to harp on negative spells that are that are hurtful, but I I think it's kind of um, interesting uh, to, to just because it's you know a personal and b it's a good gateway. So. Just tell me to get off the ex-girlfriend if you want me to. But all right. It's, it's cool. <laughs> all right. So that would mean that whatever I'm experiencing is going back to her. So whatever the nature of that spell is, it, it's it's impacting her life as well. Um, only if it's working and she knows it and she's very gleeful about it. Um, you know, it depends on what the spell was. I mean, do you know or do you know that she just put a spell on you? I know the impact of it. So I don't, I don't know what she exactly did. What exa- you know, I don't know if she was cackling or was wearing her hat when she did it. Um, but so the... She put a spell on you. Well, um, she threatened to, like you said. Um, and... I was told by other people that she had. Now, keep in mind, we're talking 19-year-old kids here at this point. Right. Um, a few years later, after I started kind of noticing some things, um, I was going with my sister to a psychic. 
And um, actually, I should take that back. My mom was having like a psychic at the house. And she refused to read my mom's, very dramatic, refused to read my mom's uh, fortune. And so she asked, you know, where is your son? Where is your son? Okay, he needs to come here. And I happened to be, you know, living not too far away. Actually, my wife was there. So I had to pick her up. You know, I picked her up and the person talked to me. She said, okay, here's what I'm seeing. You have an extremely bright aura. It's very strong, um, which is why, you know, you haven't been completely destroyed yet. These are words that she was using. Um, she said, there is a black hole uh, located near your stomach that is sucking your auras into it. And it's, uh, it's as if someone has put this black hole into your stomach. It's not of your own making. It's that someone put that into you, and it's slowly deteriorating your your aura. Um, to which I said, uh, okay, well, there you go. I guess life is horrible. We, whatever. And I kind of moved on. Um, until probably less than a year later, um, we had a psychic over the house for my wife's, uh, I believe it was 25th birthday. Um, and that psychic said almost the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So that was the that's the nature of of the supposed spell. Okay. Um, so talk to me, girlfriend. What can you do for me, and what's going on? But it's really interesting because you knew she did a spell, but you didn't know exactly what or what it would take. Now, <clears throat> or even be... took it, or even took it seriously, Marla. You know. <clears throat> you know, I could be wrong, and I have been many times, and maybe Tim knows the answer to this better than I do. But I don't think anything can take away our aura or suck it into a black hole. Okay. Um, our aura is, you know, the field around us. And if we don't have an aura, we're dead. You know, if, if somebody can't pick up an aura on us, we're dead. And so that part I don't believe. Um, did she do something? Sure. Could it be picked up by a psychic as a black hole, kind of a, as a symbol? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I I just not sure about that that sucking in your aura, you know, into your gut. Um, it was kind of like it was saying it was almost like breaking down my aura, and the way that it would be like the symptom of it would be um, people in my life would be initially attracted to me, mm-hmm. uh, and then drift away. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be something dramatic. I very rarely. I know I seem kind kind of a. Uh, an energetic, um, you know, uh, explosive kind of person uh, for people who know me. Just ask, you know, my students. They'll tell you, he yells about everything, uh, even when he's happy. Um, but, you know, people I, – I never get into fights with people, very rarely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the, the impact of this would be that I would um, get into relationships and then they would just slowly fade away. And then one day the person would just not think of me anymore. Well, you know, we all get into relationships that fade away until we find. <laughs> there goes that theory. Um, you know, you're you're with somebody, you're happily married, you got, you know, obviously that spell hasn't taken hold. Wait, it, who added that happily part? <laughs> did I can see things? Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, obviously, it hasn't had an effect on your life um, in general. I mean, you went ahead, you got married, you have a family. Yada yada. Um, 
you know, is there something did the spell if she in fact did it? Because she maybe you were just eating your gut out, worrying about it, and that's what they're seeing. But if if she did it and it's there, it may be how they're interpreting it as something rather than something that's totally ongoing all the time. You know, are, are there ways to deflect it if you see it coming? Sure. Are there ways to put a stop to it if you want to? Yeah. You know, first of all, deny that it ever happened. I mean, in your mind, just say this is a bunch of horse pucky and it's not going to happen. Um, put up mirrors, you know, to deflect it back. You can do your own spell. Everybody does spells every day. People don't get it. Um, you can do your own spell and send everything back to her and, and tie it up in a bow and send it back. And then don't take it again. I mean, it, it's just that simple. When you send it back, is it one of those things you should say, I don't want this? Or should it be one of those things where you're saying, you know, take this, you fool, get it, you know. Because then, once again, it seems like I would get it back even worse to me. No, no. You will never get it back. Here, here's the, the clincher. Okay. If it's an eye for an eye. If you give back everything you get, you're not doing anything wrong. And you okay. could have been horrible stuff. But an eye for an eye is always a safe thing to do. So if you say, take back everything you've done to me, it goes back to you, done. You're safe. And you won't get it back. And I'm getting a guarantee on this. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It's all all to God. Uh, It's all about, or goddess, all about about your belief system. If you believe that you can do it, you can. If you believe that you're sending it back and you're done with it, it will be over. So we have a really good uh, question from the chat room, which is, can another witch reverse it? Um, or is it like the movies where it has to be the spellcaster? So in other words, if, if this, and I'm using her as an example again, but if this young lady did that, could, and I didn't feel like I had the, um, the faith or the power to do that, could I bring in you know, my own witch to battle her? to do the spell sure yeah you can and, but, and and have you been asked to do that before uh yeah but my question here and and this is an important part is w- suppose you bring me in to do that and i like you i care about you i worry about you but is my intent in clearing this up going to be as strong as yours if you do it well no probably not but, but I mean, you know, my intent might not be as strong, but I might not, you know, if I've got all this intent, but it doesn't, I don't seem to be able to focus it. I mean, is a witch someone who has, um, who has mastered the art of focusing intent so that your, yeah. your little bit would be better than my lot because yours is, you know, like, like ninja laser beam intent. <laughs> I've been accused of that. No, stink eye, but I've been accused of. <laughs> I won't mention any names, Tim, who, um says that all the time but um yeah it would it would probably be better in my opinion if like you asked me to do it and you did it as well okay because there's your intent plus my focus and that would probably work better i was like so can you share a you know reverse the curse story for us or or uh, is it like a, uh is there a a pagan client privilege thing going on well, there is, because I don't, you know, you can go on the internet and you can pick up spells left and right, but I, I always say that's a bad idea, because you don't know what the person who wrote them up in the first in their mind, what they were thinking, and it could just be, you know, horribly icky. Um, so it's always individual. 
um, your own. You put your own heart, your soul, and your words into it, and that makes it work a lot better. So there isn't one particular thing. You might do it as a candle spell. You might do it as a, a any other type of spell. Um, but it, they're all individually made. I mean, all the spells in my books are individual spells, um, personalized in a sense. So, I mean, is there a danger to this at all for people? There's a danger to she who casts spells or he who casts spells. Because not everybody should do it. I mean, there are so many things that can go wrong and you could hurt people. Like if I was going to um, put a spell on the hacker, because that's on my mind right now. (laughs) I have to make sure that I only aim it at him, that I don't kind of generalize and have hit every hacker in the world or their families or their children or their pets. You know, you have to just personalize it to the person. You have to be very careful in your wording. And that's kind of the danger. Not so much that people that are the recipients, because, again, I'm not going to, you know, have this hacker's wrist fall off or something, his hand fall off or, you know, give him arthritis so bad he can't use his computer anymore. But if I was going to do that, um, you know, I would give him some trouble with his equipment so he could not do that but it's his equipment not him and i wouldn't break it so bad if the guy is so poor he could never get another one but i'd make sure he couldn't do that type of thing again okay i've I've got two things i've got to ask you about this then (laughs) all right the first thing is can you have an influence can you have intent over something that is not living like you were saying you were going to uh, damage his computer, can can a witch actually control that? No, but the witch can control him, so he would damage it. Okay, you know, but you can have no influence over... Well, I, you know, can I make a watch stop or something like that? Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, I've not tried to do anything to anything animate. You know, if something goes wrong here, I smack it. You know, it, it's not the same thing, but... Um, I, I think you can have some control because it, it, you're putting stuff out to the universe. And, you know, it's not just us. It's the, the ones on the other side, the guides and, and things like that, that can also precipitate this. So, um, you know, I, I just wouldn't screw anybody's computer up because three times mine would go bad, you know, and I can't afford to get a new one. But <laughs> you know, solve the problem, let's put it that way. So... You just said the guides. You have to explain that a little bit for me. Spirit guides? Yeah. Ones that are with us all the time, the ones that, that, that people sometimes think are guardian angels, which is a little bit different. We all have spirit guides. Um, I My belief system is that we're born with one, and that one lasts or stays with us throughout our lives, but other ones come in and go as we need them. And uh, I think it's important to acknowledge the guides, to talk to them, to recognize them, to know they're there, and thank them um, as often as possible. And I've said this before, but if I'm doing something and I get this brainstorm of an idea that is absolutely brilliant, I never take the credit for it. Somebody was whispering in my ear and putting me in that direction. I mean, they're a lot smarter than we are. They don't have the emotional baggage that we have. And they're here to help. And all, you know, people think they don't have one. Everybody's got one, at least one, maybe many at times. And they're always around. And if you need them, just call them. And, and you know, it's like, you know, putting the word out and boom, they're there. 
Are they the spirits of people who have lived? Are they... Rarely. I I believe that they are not... They have not been alive on this earth. They've not been human. They're kind of in the angel kind of cast. Um, there are some spirits when you're, you know, your great-grandmother is really worried about you. She will come through and you might think she's a guide, but I think she's kind of a visitor rather than that. Um... I don't think they were ever human for the most part. I'm not saying that's a hundred percent rule, but no, they're they're you know like angels for lack of a better explanation. Can they be seen, or they just kind of take this muse role of like you know inspiration? But I mean, can you actually physically see them? Can you learn to communicate with them better? Which I know are two dramatically different questions. Right. Yeah, um, I know people that have seen their guides. Okay. Them, they don't have an ego. It's not important. It's like it's not important to know their names either. They will, you know, if you pick a name or maybe they choose to tell you, that's fine. But they don't have to be standing next to you to um, be any more effective. And they don't need to be seen as, hey, look, I'm your guy. They don't have any of that. You know, that's the human thing. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, but I know people that have seen their guides. You know, they've gotten, they've caught glimpses of them. Um, and not necessarily standing. I've seen one of the guides um, because um, I was just getting ready to fall asleep. And all of a sudden, you know how sometimes you, you, when your eyes are closed, I, I don't know about everybody else, but sometimes I see faces, I see all kinds of stuff. And I saw this profile of an Indian, a Native American. And it was a profile, but he was side-eyeing me. Like, okay, this isn't really, you're not just seeing a silhouette, I'm here. And he's looking at me with the side eye. And um, years ago, somebody, you know, told me that this is your main guide, and I've and they said his name is Green Eagle. Well, okay, so I've just kind of stuck with that. Um, not very clever, but okay. <laughs> I, um, so here is this guy that was definitely Native American, you know, and all I'm seeing the profile. And I'm seeing the side eye, and I'm laughing to myself because I'm thinking, this guy's got a sense of humor. This is good. You know, he's the right guide. Um, but I've had other people ask to see their guides, and they've, like, poof, appeared briefly to them or, or in a dream state. They've come and identified themselves. So, And they appear I, human. Yeah. Most yeah. Times. Okay. Well, they, I mean, if they appeared... Um, like some kind of weird ET, probably scare the hell out of us, and we will, you know, they appear the way that we would recognize them. You know, that may not be their true form. I don't know. Sounds science fiction-y, doesn't it? It does. I mean, you know, <laughs> how many of these abduction things are... Because the next thing I was going to ask was, can, can you offend them? Like, if I'm a murderer, um, do my guides go away? Do they say, ooh, don't really want to work with that dude. He creeps me out. Uh, um, or, or something like that. You know, I'm being... I'm hoping, Marla, that we understand each other enough that you understand what I'm being silly at, um, you know, the heart of the question. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, again, nobody knows for sure, but I think that the guide that, that's with you, the main guide, will never turn his back. But, he, but like a parent, you know, will a parent stop loving a child because the child does stupid things or ugly things? You know, we had this discussion at dinner one night a while ago about, you know, a, a, it was about the Aurora, Colorado shooting. And, you know, would you still love your son if he was the one that killed all those people, you know, as a parent, right. not a human being? Um, you know, would you like what he did, but 
turn your back on him. He's your flesh and blood. So I, it's a hard question to answer, and I'm sure it's individual to everybody. And I think the same thing with guides. I, I think they're not going to turn and walk away. I think that they will be there. They won't like what they're doing, what they see. They may, you know, step in and try and change things or help things. But would they turn their backs? No, I don't think so. I don't. What commissions them? What drives them? That's a very good question. Um, I'd Once like again, to say- I need you to explain the entire universe to me tonight. So. No, no, boy, I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to just give you opinions. Um, I think, <laughs> I think the universe has a really good sense of humor, and it doesn't trust us to be on our own. Frankly, um, we need a little outside help. And I think that's one of the reasons that the guides are with us, to kind of keep us on the straight and narrow so that we don't trip over our feet too often, that we don't do really, really stupid things. Although they will stand back and let you because those are life lessons. But um, I I really think that in the grand scheme of things, they're here to keep us um, under control, for lack of a better term. And when you say the universe, yeah, I can't just let you just say that. (laughs) I know. I was thinking about that when I said it. Um, I'm going to catch you on everything today because I, I finally have a, you know, a, an authority to ask about all this stuff. Hot seat. Um, I, I'm just referring to them in general as the powers that be. How's that? Because we don't know who we are. And in our belief system, some people will say it's God. Some people will say it's the goddess. Some people will say it's um, Krishna. You know, I don't know. <clears throat> but it's the powers that be that rule the universe that send them down. Well, I mean, as a gentle soul that you seem to be, um, I'm assuming that you offer thanks. So when you offer thanks, um, in your mind when you do it, um, you know, not one of those like, and you know, my son, you know, no school prayer, but he's got this little thing he's got to say like at lunchtime and stuff like that. Um, but he doesn't think about it. He just says it. Um, when, you're, when you're in your thoughtful, thankful mode, who, who in your mind do you see doing this? Oh, I see a lot of people. I don't see one basic entity. I mean, do I believe in the goddess? Yes. Do I believe in God? Yes, I do. Um, I just, it, it's a big entity. It's its arms around us all kind of embracing us. And, and it may have different parts. It may not be just one thing. There's, there's all kinds of different things going in. Um, I thank my guides all the time. Um, something good happens i thank god and the goddess so i think that that's part of the belief system is to who you're you know nodding your hand to tipping your hat to all right so a few years ago i was doing a conference at um in the berkshires berkshire paranormal group sponsoring it great guys and there were um this group who i lovingly kind of refer to as the gurus um, and they were people who, um, well, what do you do? I am a guru. I'm a professional guru. I'm a guru. All right. And they were kind of, you know, talking about some of their ideas, things like that. Um, and I remember there was at one point, once again, the aura thing coming up again. Um, he asked if he could uh, shave my aura with his exorcist sword. Whoa. <laughs> Being in a, in a good way. Yeah. Okay. Um. And I remember especially then, you know, being very, very cynical. Um, But here's the point. I was standing there thinking, everything that you're saying to me, I'm finding kind of wacky and crazy. Um, But 
damn, I wish I had your inner peace. So here is the great Marla Brooks, author, which all-around general good person, uh-huh. going through something that you know most people would consider absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. And you are showing some very odd sense of enlightenment. Uh, you said, you know, well, unless it was, you know, he didn't have money to get another computer, and then I wouldn't want the computer to to break because of because of that. Um, how are you so not angry uh, at that? How does how do you, how aren't you like flipping out, wanting the worst possible things to happen to him? was you know i was jumping up and down and i was you know doing all kinds of things but again um i'm a coward witch and i don't want to what i put out there come back to me three times fold um threefold so i try to understand and then i try to kind of all right um horoscope wise i'm cancerian we walk sideways we don't just go head on like a ram would you know like airy so I just kind of take my time. I mean, I blow up and I get mad and I sit around and count to ten. And then um, I'll figure a way around it that isn't going to be catastrophic to me or anybody else. But the problem needs to be solved, for example. This guy's got to stop hacking. Um, okay, but, but you said eye for an eye. I mean, bad things happening to him would be his retribution. It would be your eye for an eye. But you see – and you can hide it any way you want – you were feeling a little bit of, and I, you you could say that, oh, I you know I just don't want it to come back on me. There was a there there was inner peace there. I saw it in your eyes. I know it's dark in your, you know, uh, with your camera. You, <laughs> you you I mean through this, it's not just a, you know, balance with, uh, with nature, which is kind of like what a lot of people feel. You are a more peaceful person because of this? Question well, mark. I- um, in some ways, and and again, it's it's an age thing too. I mean, if if I were fifteen or twenty when this happened, you know, I've been would have been out for blood. <clears throat> um, the older I get, I guess the smarter I get. That's strange, but it it's true. Um, because in in which verbage, um, hags and crones are the old ones, and sometimes they call it hag, sometimes they call it crone, but. Some people take that with a bad connotation, but mm, no, um, look at that as the wise ones, wisdom, age. You know, you get to a certain point and you start getting smart. So I think that's it. I mean, I am calmer about a lot of things. I've had a lot of things happen in the last few years that would have probably caused somebody to jump off a bridge or give up. And I've been surprisingly calm. I mean, of course, you know, the, the severity of situations, you deal with it and you go through it and it's not easy. But I think I think age has something to do with that and, and maybe the witchy state of mind as well. Is there a, um, you know, we've kind of talked about karma and we've talked about, which is which is really kind of a another wrapping for the, for the threefold idea, it would seem. Um, I hate when people say this because it freaks me out because I, I'm a control freak. Um, is there destiny? I mean, is there, is there something, you know, do you as a witch and do other witches believe in, in destiny? Do you believe in, um, you know, that classic line that there's a reason for everything happening or the, and, and do the, the guardians, do they kind of play a role in that? Or do they just think of like what the best thing that happened in a situation is? 
Well, I personally believe that we plan our lives before we get here, and so what we get, we get because we needed to. Um, and I think things happen, of course, for a reason, whether it's to teach a lesson or because it just has to be. You know, sometimes we're not smart enough to think that something is good for us, maybe not good for us. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't like that either, you know, and, and I, I find myself saying it, you know, well, that was meant to be, you know, that was how it's supposed to play out. Nothing you can do about it kind of thing, and I kind of resign myself to it. And it, it does sound a little bit corny, but I don't think anything happens by accident. I don't. Um, it's all planned out, and how we deal with it and how we, we embrace it or don't is the way it's going to reflect on us. Just kind of playing devil's advocate, it just, it just seems to me that, you know, because I, I like the way that you phrase that as in we, we plan everything out before we get here. Um, it would just seem to be that if we planned everything out and the other people planned everything out, it would be really hard to coordinate all of those life plans um, into into you know the world as we know it right now. And it would be really hard to for everyone's destiny to kind of be intertwined like that. Well, that's why there are wars. That's why there are divorces. That's why there are differences of opinion. That's why there are two... Uh, you know, many different kind of political parties and belief systems and religions and all that. We're not supposed to all be cookie-cutter people and get along or experience the same things. We all have different things we need to experience. So, you know, it would be a very boring world if everybody thought alike. But but in theory, if I get divorced, it's I was supposed to get divorced. I planned to get divorced. Yeah, you had to learn something from the relationship and the divorce. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's interesting. I, I was talking to my brother-in-law about the same topic today because he's had a pretty tough life. And, and now it's interesting that you say this because he said he's suffering in this life or his laugh life. Like, So he's trying to figure something out now because he's like, I can't go through this kind of stuff again in my next life. I know you know, someone's – something is picking on me because of something I did and it must have been pretty bad. So, do, I mean, do we carry that kind of baggage on? I mean, is there like an, an evolution that we have to kind of go through? Um, or yeah. is it just? I think there is. I think we keep coming back because we need to get it right. We need to understand. We need to, you know, um, do it the right way. Learn from our experiences. You know, there are some people that just can't, won't learn anything, and they make the same mistakes over and over again. And those are the same people who say, you know, I don't want to come back. Uh, uh-uh, uh, no way. I don't want to come back. It, it, uh, this life is so miserable. Um, those are the ones that are going to have to come back. I mean, no, no choice. Well, there is a choice. When you get on the other side, I believe you do have a choice, whether to come back now, later, ever. But um, those are the ones that need it the most, the ones that are so afraid to come back. You know, I've often said that, you know, probably I was Lizzie Borden in my last life. For- <laughs> <laughs> I'm fixing that now, you know, so I don't have to do it again. It's, it is because they're at Lizzie Borden's house. You're here. You're working through it with me. We're, we're reaching a higher plane together. So it's got to kind of be like, uh, you know, all connected that way. Hey. Um, so, I mean, how does that, you know, and how does your witch lifestyle fit into your idea of ghosts? Now, I'm not sure if you investigate ghosts. I know, I, I'm pretty sure based on your books that you're a believer. Um, but do you investigate and how does your witch life kind of mold that? Um. I went out on several investigations for the books. We went to several locations for all three books. And um, 
the belief system is, and it's all in the spirituality. And do we do things a little bit different on investigations? Basically not, except we're probably more open. Um, I know when we first got our team together, which we're not a team, we're just a bunch of people, um, <laughs> and we don't you know, go out and, and do house cleaning, clearings and things like that, but we did for the book, and on occasion we will get together. And um, the first time I went out, with um, Barry Conrad, who is a videographer. And he said, well, you know, he said, um, I have a psychic that will come with us, too. And I said, this is great. So we got her in Victoria and come to find out the hard way that Victoria is also a witch. It's not like, you know, there's not the radar. I mean, you have the radar, but you don't, like, jump up and say, hey, are you a witch? I am kind of thing. And it took a long time for us to both admit it to each other. But we were investigating the Hollywood Wax Museum, and there was this place it's it's all these different rooms you walk through, and there was one place, it was like a submarine that you had to go through, and Victoria walked in first, she goes, wait a minute, no, no, we're not going through here yet, and what she did is, with her hand, she drew a pentagram in the air, and she did a lesser banishing ritual, which which gets rid of the negative spirits, so, you know, we'll do stuff like that, whereas some people won't in that respect, Right. but um, basically, it's pretty much the same. I mean, do other investigators, like, not want you around, do you find? Or, or do you, do the, the, the other witches seem to gravitate towards each other? Well, I think we do when we kind of, you know, find that common ground. But most people don't know we're witches. I mean, so we don't walking around advertising it in that sense. So, do you think witches find each other? Not if you're going to join a coven, sure, you go looking. You know, absolutely. Um, do we walk down the street looking for something? No, we don't. Mm-mm. Hmm, interesting. So, so, guides don't kind of be like, huh, you know what? This is a, this is a, this witch, this witch. They really need to get together. I mean, do guide, are guides like friends that way and kind of like guide people towards each other? And then, you know, are witches more likely to, to find each other? Well, it's like Reverend Tim just said in the chat, like attracts like. So it's a good possibility, yeah. So let's talk about Reverend Jim. Uh, yeah. um, let's talk about him like he's not there. Um, okay. so, did you, you saw in the chat room someone said witchmatch.com. Um, <laughs> Reverend Tim is uh, not for you to speak for him, and he can even pipe in if you'd like. Um, what kind of reverend? Spiritualist. Spiritualist. And so spiritualism um, and which they can be friends? They can get along in this uh, crazy world that we have here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, we're not, you know, again, like attracts like. Witches are very spiritual people. And um, so, sure, you know, I mean, Tim and I, most of our belief systems are pretty much the same and and – you know, if he wants to get brave and call in if he can, um, you know, he can speak for himself. But, you know, Tim also has a little bit of witchy leaning as well, <clears throat> not speaking for <laughs> anything. So, um, yeah, but I think his spiritual background is pretty much the same. And, 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 and systems and stuff, sure. 
how does that how does that work with you guys? I mean, what do you guys feel when you're around each other? Because it, it you know, I think that other people from the outside would say, "Wow, you know, those are two those are two uh, outsiders." And sure, they can get along, um, but it would seem that spiritualists, some spiritualists, because once again, we're talking about the organized uh, religion part. You know, it's not as organized, but I know a lot of spiritualists would say we're completely organized. Um, what you, what happens when you guys get together? Well, we don't. I mean, not physically in the same we, – we've decided a long time ago that um, because we're so much alike and, the, and we, the DNA is there from, you know, probably hundreds of years, um, we decided that the powers that be put a 3,000-mile buffer zone between the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, as Tim says, worlds might collide. Right. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, basically, do we sit and talk about boogity boogity? No, we don't. I mean, we you know, we're talking about. He's a very good teacher, and and in in the metaphysical sense, in um, things about mediumship and stuff. I mean, he's the first one I run to when I have questions and things like that. So we do talk you know, on those levels, and, and we talk on witchy levels, too, because, you know, I keep dragging him out of the broom closet, and he keeps running back in, um, so that's kind of a problem at times. Do you try to convert other people, other than Reverend, you know, other, okay, let's get off Reverend Tim, because he's getting a little uncomfortable. Yeah, he's, he's well, that's good, I'm glad he is. He's hiding um, under no, a sheet here. <laughs> we don't recruit, no, we don't, you know, it, it's, it's free, free will. You know, you want to come and join us, you can come and join us. But um, we we don't we don't go out there and stand on street corners with signs and you know sign up here. Individual choice. Do you think you could cast a spell to? Hey, wait a minute! You'd make a really good witch. Let me send my intention on that you would kind of find that. At no, place. no, you never take anybody's free will. You never do anything to compromise their free will. That's. The biggest no-no. Cool. Well, we're, we're, we have a little bit of time left, and I really want to hear about uh, your new project that you were telling me about with the tarot decks. It's an oracle card deck, actually. It's a witch oracle. That's okay. It's close. It's, you know, cards, deck, pictures. And it's it's a divination thing. It's a little bit easier than um, um, tarot because, you know, sometimes that takes a lot of study for a long time with a lot of people. But it's just a, it's a witch oracle deck. I looked around. I couldn't find any oracle decks that were you know specifically geared to witch witches, and I thought mm, this might be a good idea. So yeah, instead of writing a book this time, I writing a booklet that goes along with the oracle deck. And uh, when's that going to finally be out? Uh, probably next year. Okay, I think your audio went out a little bit on that, so you got to totally say it again. It probably will be out sometime like summer of next year. So about a year from now, I think. And probably you'll buy that on MarlaBrooks.com? Yeah, and it'll probably be, you know, it's through Schiffer Books, who publishes all my books. So it'll be on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and anywhere else um, you can find it. And I'll probably have them on the website as well, sure. Excellent. Anything else you got coming up? Anything good for the holiday season? Um, Not yet. We're getting close, but... um. <laughs> There's usually, you know, it's that time of year, so things will will start working up. I'm just um, doing some things now. I'm doing some CDs, historical CDs, like for the Shanley Hotel in upstate New York, and 
just did one on um, Battle of Gettysburg for a bed and breakfast that is up in Gettysburg that is on land that was part of the Gettysburg um, War. Um, so, yeah, um, doing those kinds of things. I've always got something to do, you know? I'm with you. Well, Marla, I want to thank you very much for coming on. Uh, Marla Brooks, she's the author of the Ghost of Hollywood series, part one, two, and three. Not nearly as bad as, you know, a horror movie one, two, and three. It's, actually, uh, she is uh, the crown jewel of the Schiffer, uh, <laughs> the Schiffer family, uh, as well as her Workplace Spells uh, book, which is amazing. Uh, Stirring the Cauldrons on what night? Thursday nights at 9 o'clock Eastern on ParaX, which is www.para-x.com. And we've got podcasts up in case anybody um, wants to hear any shows about anything in particular. Just go to ParaX and click the On Demand tab and scroll down to Stirring the Cauldron and then look at all the shows that are there and something might interest you. So it's always available there. Excellent. Marla, thank you very much for coming on. You've made this uh, this completely crazy tech thing that I got going on here so much easier just looking at your smiling face uh, <laughs> tell that time mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm Chris Balzano so for Tim Weisberg and Matt Moniz uh, who are having fun with Lizzie and Matt Costa out there in the ether and all the people kind of on the uh, the, the great spooky TV network um, thank you. Have a wonderful night. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Chris Palzano, and that is what is haunting me. 